Amen. I love that song. May His favor be upon your family and your children and their children and their children through a thousand generations. Now that's good news. And so that's my prayer for each one of you today. That God's favor would be upon you for a thousand generations. And I want you to just reflect on that as we begin this service. We've been worshiping the Lord. I hope that you can just really sense and be aware of the presence of God in your home and your wherever you are today listening to this message and pray that God would speak to you because we want His favor to be upon us and our family and our children for thousands of generations to come. Amen. The wonderful promises of God that He does these things for us just because of His love for us. And so, uh, let's pray together this morning. We thank uh, Carrie Job and her husband and, and the pianist there for allowing us to stream this. And I know this is going out all over today. I pray that you were able to worship the Lord and praise Him and thank Him for His love, His uh, certainly favor. And uh, let's just pray. Father, thank You again that we can come to You in the precious name of Jesus. You're... We honor You. We glorify Your name this day. May You forever and ever be praised. The Spirit of the Lord is here, but Lord, we open our hearts to You, Holy Spirit of God, and ask You to come and speak to us. It's You, Lord, taking and touching our hearts with the very Word of God, with Your presence in our lives. And those right where they are today, may they be touched by the reality that Jesus is alive and He's alive forevermore. And so we celebrate again. Every day, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you forever be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about something this morning very important. I think it's encouraging. And that is Jesus' words after the resurrection. And our text is taken from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Uh, You can read along with me there on your screen as you are watching this live streaming. And uh, we just pray that you'll uh, experience and be enveloped with the very presence of the Lord, the tangible presence of God. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he had said this, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they have believed. 
And Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. May God add blessings to the reading and the study and the preaching, declaring of God's word. And I just want to just again stop just for a moment and and speak here as as Carrie Job and and those playing uh, that God's favor declare God's favor over you this day. Uh, favor actually means grace. The grace of God would be in your life. And grace is something we can't earn. It's just given to us freely as we reach out and receive. And so I declare that over everyone who's watching and listening uh, this morning. The text is powerful. We're talking about the day of the resurrection. And uh, we know the story we talked about last week there when Jesus uh, arose and, and uh, the, the, lay, the women, Mary Magdalene, and the women went to the grave and uh, Jesus was not there. And uh, He is risen. He is risen indeed. And so today, Jesus is beginning to appear to different people in different ways. In fact, the Bible says that after the resurrection that He appeared to over 500 people. And so uh, we have evidence And certainly even historical, when we look at some of the historical facts, uh, as Josephus and others have written about the risen king, his name is Jesus. But I wanted you to think just a moment, if you can picture here, these uh, disciples were huddled in a home. They were afraid of the uh, authorities, thinking that they may come and arrest them also. So they were afraid and they had the doors locked. And also, uh, we know that the, uh, the word got out that the temple priests were actually saying that some, the disciples had come and stolen the body. So they were trying to make every excuse uh, under the sun that Jesus had not risen, that actually something else had happened to him in the natural. And, and we know Jesus rose from the grave. And so they were huddled in this home. And, and if you think about it, as you look, and this corresponds with Luke chapter 24, uh, as you can read. We won't read that, but, but uh, actually uh, Luke 24 talks about there were two disciples, Cleopas and another disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. They were walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus came up with them and were walk, was walking with them. They didn't recognize Him at that time. And they began to talk to him about what had happened there at the crucifixion and so forth. And they were sort of puzzled because they felt maybe this man that was walking with them, he had not heard the news about Jesus and what had happened uh, in, the, in Jerusalem and the crucifixion and so forth. And so they were talking to him and actually had time to befriend them. And so as they got near uh, Emmaus, they asked Jesus to come in and eat with them. As the story, we scripture uh speaks of, and uh, Jesus came in and ate with them. They still had not recognized Jesus. But when Jesus broke the bread, He began to explain the Scriptures as to what would happen to the Christ and that He had to obviously be uh, killed, murdered, crucified, and buried, and He arose on the third day. Then their eyes were opened and they knew that it was the Jesus, it was the the Son of God, their Messiah that was there with them. So their eyes and their hearts were, were open to see this was Jesus who was with them. They left there and went to Jerusalem, went back to Jerusalem, and met with the others there in the house, the home that was locked up and so forth. And if you think about it, uh, when these disciples were, were uh, there, they came in and uh, they knocked on the door. And I'm sure they didn't know what was going on, but yet it was Cleopas. 
and uh, the other disciples who had come in. They let them in and, and so forth. And so Jesus then appears to those who were huddling in this house. He, he appeared to them. He came in. The doors were locked. He came right through the walls and he came in. And what was the first? There are three things I think so important when you look here right after the resurrection and also what Jesus speaks to you and I, even this very moment in time. And is speaking maybe to you today. And I pray that God would speak to you through His Word about these three messages that Jesus had when He came into the home there. Now, they were frightened to death. They were scared out of their wits. They thought it was a ghost. Uh, Jesus, again, came right on through the wall. Mark walked, came and moved through the wall. Uh, yet the doors were locked and so forth. And they were very afraid. But what did Jesus tell His disciples when He first came in the home? The word is very powerful. Jesus said, peace be with you. Now, that's a common greeting, but I believe it was more than that in this situation. It actually was a message that he was speaking. I mean, again, remember, they thought he was a ghost. They thought he had come in and, and so forth. They had seen him crucified. Now, they, they'd heard from Mary Magdalene and the other ladies that he, he was not in the grave. And so there was a certain amount of anticipation and excitement that something supernatural was taking place in this situation. But certainly, probably, they did not expect for Jesus to appear there in the home and uh, to speak these words to him. But Jesus calmed their fears and he said, peace be with you here. And obviously, it was something that they needed. They were afraid. They were afraid, again, of the authorities that may be coming to arrest them and possibly put them to death also. They were just scared. They, as we talked about last week, they were perplexed. They were confused. They, they were uh, befuddled in that way that they didn't understand what had happened. And, and all their plans had been what they felt like had, had really been uh, done away with because of Jesus going to the cross and had died on the cross. And, and in spite, so Jesus comes and He says, peace be with you. He wants to give us peace. And maybe today, that's exactly what we need, isn't it? With the coronavirus, with other things, people losing their jobs, with the uncertainties in life, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, these things can come up on us and it's like a, I get a knot in my stomach. I sort of begin to feel like, what, about what's going to happen? What does the future hold now? Are we going to be shut in? Are we, we all, you know, are we, we, the, the economy is being, obviously, the bottom is dropping out and so forth. So your fears, but Jesus speaks to us today. And I believe He says the same thing to you and me when He says, peace be with you. You see, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. And we know that, obviously, I believe that actually it is a spirit behind that fear. Because that's still one of the, the, the traps that Satan wants to get you and, and I in when he wants to trap us in fear. He wants you to be afraid because actually, you know, fear paralyzes you. You can't do anything. You can't step out in faith and you can't really do what you know you should be doing because of fear. Satan does that. There's a spirit behind it. We need to obviously tell it to get out in Jesus' name. We take authority over that spirit of fear. And we walk in love, power, and sound mind. And those three operating together will deliver you from the spirit of fear. We need to turn to the Lord. We do not. We have not been given a spirit of fear. Many Christians today, all over the world, they're afraid because of what we see happening. And that we need to obviously come back and, and look and see where our hope comes from our, our, and our help. And our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We need to know that He didn't give us that spirit of fear. That's from the enemy. 
The enemy of our souls. And so we know um, what was happening here at this particular time. That, that the, the people were afraid. And yet here they had the Prince of Peace standing right there in front of them. You know John chapter 14 verse 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. One of the main themes to the Scriptures is, is that we are not given fear. And the enemy wants to do that because what happens again, it, it uh, paralyzes us and basically he controls us at that point because we've given in to fear. We don't need to give in to fear. You know, in this situation, God is in control. There are many people that God is raising up, raising you up to pray, raising me up to pray. We're praying all over the world that this coronavirus would be stopped in the name of Jesus. And we pray that right now. And we pray over these people that are that are afflicted with this illness and pray for healing. And we pray over those medical workers that are, are in harm's way. We pray for protection over them. But we're not given a spirit of fear. God is real clear about that. And so He says here, you look at my hands and, and look what's happened here. They, they, were, they were in the presence of the resurrected Christ. Obviously, at that moment of revelation, all their fears were gone. Here was Jesus standing in front of them. Their hopes were revived. And, and then isn't it amazing how the presence of the Lord can change everything? You know, the very presence of the Lord. You see, the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus is with us right now. He is here with me. He is there with you. He's right with you always. He never leaves us and He never forsakes us. But sometimes we're, we're feeling like, man, God, where are you? What has happened to you? And you know, you need to stop at that moment and reflect upon the really, the truth of the matter is, is that God Almighty is with us. And you know, there are songs that are out now. One, it's let us be more aware of your presence. When we're aware of the presence of the Lord, we can do anything God calls us to do because He is with us. He gives us strength. He gives us power. He gives us whatever it is because we have a victory in Jesus Christ. That old song, In the Garden that reads like this, it sings like this, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own. We walk with Him, and we talk with Him along life's marrow way. He, he takes us through whatever it is because He's with us, but we need to be aware of His presence. They were aware of the presence of the Lord. The presence of Jesus, the very presence of Jesus came into the room, and He said, Peace be with you. I speak that over each one of you today. Powerfully here. Think about it here. Obviously, people were gathered in, in this room together and, and Jesus had cared for them and he had, taught, he had taught them and He had protected them when the, the leaders, the authorities came to arrest Him and He said, take me, don't take them. He was protecting. He was protecting them. He protects us also. And no matter what we are going through in life, He protects us. When things happen to us, we don't understand what happens. But you only tell you, God doesn't change. And God is good all the time. God never changes, and He is with us no matter what is happening. Just like that song, He is with us and He is for us no matter what. And so He had seen His friends. Many One had abandoned Him completely, and Peter obviously had walked away, and the rest of them were frightened to death and had left them. And remember how Jesus treated them at that particular time. He, he, he had warned them that they would be persecuted. He had warned them that they were, come, were going to come under attack. All these things were coming to pass, just like Jesus had said. And remember what happened as we spoke of last week. Instead of praying, they were sleeping. 
And maybe we need to do more praying. Maybe you and I need to pray more. May God give us grace to pray more and more and more and and, and give us that spirit of prayer that we'll pray until we see God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom would come and His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that prayer that we pray, you know, all the time, but have you ever thought what it really meant? You know, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There are no bondages in heaven. We're asking that His kingdom would come now on earth as it is in heaven. Don't give up praying, church. Because God is calling us and He's wanting us to walk with Him hand in hand through this. He walks with me and He talks with me. He is with us. He is with us here. But after His disciples had abandoned Him, what did He say? Did He say, shame on you? You should have listened to what I said. You weren't listening to what I said and all. Did He say that to them? No, He didn't say that to them. He didn't say that. He came in and He understood. He knows, as Psalm 103 says, He knows we are but as dust. He knows how we, we, that we have weaknesses. He knows we stumble and fall. But Jesus said, peace be with you. He didn't condemn them. He didn't say, shame on you. You should have listened to what I was telling you to do. I knew what was going to happen. No, He said, peace be with you. Now, maybe people listen to this today that you have blown it big time. You have really messed up. You know you have. You know. People today sometimes say these things are mistakes. And yes, they are. But they're so certainly sin. We call it like it is. But you've blown it big time. And maybe somehow, you know, have fallen into something you never thought you would get into. Maybe it's something that's entrapping your life today to keep you from living the life that God would have you to live. Maybe somebody here would be in that situation. I want to tell you today, do you know what Jesus tells you? He never says shame on you. He never tells you, obviously, to go wallow in what you've done. You know what He says? He says, get up, my child. I want to set you free. Confess your sins to me and come back to me. His arms are open wide to you. The same way he responded to these disciples on the day there, he's resurrected the discovery that he walked amongst them. The same way he speaks to us, to you and me today. Many Christians today walk with shame and guilt and a burden of condemnation. And they never live the way that God wants them to do. And yet Jesus said, I've set you free. I've come. My blood covers your sins. And, and God sees us the same way He sees Jesus. Not because of our righteousness, but because of what Jesus did for you and me. He had to rise from, from the grave. And He did exactly what He said He would do to take care of your sins and my sins. And so today, I want to encourage you, run to the arms of Jesus. He's our Father. He's Abba Father. He loves us with an everlasting love. He never stops loving you. You may have blown it and you may have be going through this and you keep coming back and you keep running back into His arms and yet because that bondage, that stronghold is so strong that you continue to fall into it and the devil says, look, you blew it one last time. Let me tell you today, don't give up. Keep running into the arms of Jesus and confess today that this sin will not have dominion over your life. It's what you tell Him. And begin to get up because Jesus has set us free. Now, that's good news, church. He sets us free today. He wants you to be used in His kingdom and building and sharing the love of Christ with other people. But you can't do that if you're weighted down by all these things. He says, peace be still. Peace be with you. 
peace be still. And then in verse 21, he adds here the second message that he speaks of. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you here. You see, with this peace ruling in our hearts, you and I are commissioned to go and do the will of the Father. Jesus completed His will. He's there at the right hand of the Father now. He's praying for you and He's praying for me according to Romans chapter 8. But He wants you and I to finish. And we as the church are commissioned to go forth and declare the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the power and authority to do that. That's what He says. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you out now. And what was the Son's mission? It's the same mission that we have, obviously. It is Jesus doing this. But He sends you and I forth because the mission that Jesus had was in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. He came. You and I had the privilege of sharing the gospel and seeing people get set free and one day living in eternity with them. Isn't that good news? That's real good news, church, today. He gives us in Matthew 28, He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. It's good news. That's our commission. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus wants that intimate relationship with every person. He doesn't want us to live in fear. And, and we should live in confidence and strength each and every day, knowing that God goes before us. Just as that prayer that that Carrie Job was, was singing there and, and saying, may He go before us, may He go behind us, may He go beside us, and may He go within us. He's, he's with us. He's with us. And He's for us. He's for us. And I know that in that song, she repeats that. I think sometimes we need the message repeated also, don't you? I believe we need that message repeated over and over again that God is for us. In Romans chapter 8, it says, since God is for us, who can be against us? That He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how much more along with Him will He give us all things? Since God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, that problem with your finances cannot be against you. If God is for you, that cancer cannot be against you. If God is for us, we know that those problems that you face in your life cannot be against you. Because God Almighty is for you. The one who spoke in creation came into existence. Our God is for us and He's not against us. He is for us. And so He's saying, I'm sending you out in, in the, into the world to proclaim the message. Jesus started it. And we're to fulfill His calling in my life and your life. In John chapter 20, He says in, again, verse 22, And with that He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And He blew upon them. And what happened? They received the Holy Spirit. They were given, certainly, life. And they were imparted with truth there. And I know in, in Dr. Luke, in Luke, there in the book of Acts, it talks about that, you know, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you receive power. And, and we need power and we need life and we need truth. And the way these two are, are certainly implicated is spoken of as John speaks of it and then Luke speaks of it in a different way. How powerful that is. We need that. And I want to ask you today, have you been endued with power from on high with the power of God's Spirit? Ask God to fill you with the Spirit. Tell God you want to serve Him and you want to be empowered with His Spirit 
to be able to do and fulfill the things that He's called you to do. He will. He's very faithful. He's, that is His will to fill you until you're overflowing, until you share the gospel, the love of Jesus with other people. He blesses us so we can bless other people. That's good news, church. That's real good news. And so obviously the wonderful thing about it is, is that Jesus Christ breathed into them. He breathes life into us also. We have life. You know, until we, before we came to Jesus, we, He said, you've got to be born again. Before that time, you know, we were dead, dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sins. We are dead spiritually until Jesus breathes life in us. And, and we become obviously born again because we've received the message. We received Jesus into our lives. And today, if you've not received Jesus, today may be the day that you need to just bow your heart and say, I don't understand all these things that Jim's talking about. And they seem to be really above my head. But I believe I need a Savior. I believe and I've seen the things I've done in my life. And I need forgiveness. And I don't want to carry this guilt and this shame any longer. And you bow your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me. And be my Lord and my Savior. You see, that point, you're born again. You're saved. Jesus breathes that life into you. The Spirit of God comes in and lives in your spirit, man, also. And you became one. And Jesus obviously takes that. And He right then takes responsibility for everything in your life. That good news. And He will take care of us. But it starts by asking and receiving. In verse 23, this is a scripture that sometimes people misinterpret. But I want to talk about it just real simply. It says here in verse 23, If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Remember, I'll say right up front, God is the one that forgives us of our sins here. But I believe what this passage actually means is we preach a message of forgiveness. And if people receive our message, they receive forgiveness. But if they reject our message, they're not forgiven. I've prayed with people over the many years and, and they've bowed their heads and they've asked Jesus to come in their life and, and forgive them and save them. They want to be, live eternity with them and they want to see their loved ones that have gone on before them and they've been forgiven and they are forgiven. And I can say, you're forgiven because of what God, is, Jesus has done for you. But I've prayed with some who have bowed and they will not receive. They will. They reject the message of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, they're not forgiven. Because this Jesus is the one that forgives us of our sins. They reject the message. They reject Jesus. And they go on about their way. They're not saved. They're not forgiven. Jesus has given the church an assignment. And He's given us the authority to be able to accomplish that assignment. What a blessing that is to be able to work and co-labor with God Himself. Co-labor with Him and walking about and sharing the good news with, with people today. There's so many people today that need to know Jesus. I believe we're on the, on the cusp of, of revival taking place. I believe that people's hearts are being stirred. And maybe because of this coronavirus, people are, are seeing what really is going to happen. What if I die? I've seen so many people pass away. And we need to pray for comfort for those families and so forth. But we need to pray today. Because God says, I wish none to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. I don't want anybody to perish. But you see, Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ is the only way to God Almighty. 
I want to tell you, in 1 John chapter 1, something you could, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you bow your head and say, Lord, bow your heart and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Come into my life and forgive me and save me. Jesus is saying, as the Father has sent me, so I send you to do the will of, of the Father. Submitting to the Holy Spirit and obviously seeking those that are lost because that's what Jesus did. I'm sending you out here. But the last message here is really important because this is, this is one I, I believe it pertains. Obviously, all these things pertain to all of us. But the last message that he spoke there as he was, he was coming back and appearing to different people at that time, he says this, stop doubting and believe in verse 21. Don, Thomas, the first time Jesus came into that home that was locked, Thomas was not there at that particular time and Jesus appeared to him. And, and obviously the disciples went and got Thomas and, and then uh, because they wanted Thomas to be included in that. And think about it, Thomas had been disappointed and he probably had seen, uh, obviously, walk with Jesus really closely. And he got disappointed about it and he had kind of turned away. You know, when you're disappointed and you've been hurt by somebody or hurt by the circumstances and so forth, it's hard to think straight. It's hard to make any logic out of it, isn't it? It's very difficult to do that. But Thomas, obviously, he was, uh, he was searching. He was seeking. He had walked with Jesus all that, this time. And, and, and yet he was, he was still. And the disciples said, let's include Thomas in on this. We want Thomas to know what's going on here. But remember there in verse 25, he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I'll not believe it. And there in the Greek actually means that I absolutely will not believe it. So the Greek emphasizes that Thomas is saying, unless I put my hands in his nail scars and, and there and I touch him, then I will not believe it. Thomas was making a very definitive statement. And he was not going to believe it. He had made up his mind in that sense. Unless I see Jesus in that way. And so you remember also... Thomas when in John chapter 14 when Jesus was getting ready to go to Calvary and here the disciples were asking him questions about what are you talking about going and dying for the sins of the world? They didn't understand it. And Jesus was trying to give them words of comfort that we read today that gives us comfort, certainly here. And he says this in John chapter 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'll come back and receive you unto myself that you may be where I am also. Remember what Thomas said? Here we go. The same Thomas. He said that, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't have any idea where you're going. What are you talking about here? Even doubting Thomas as he was been given the name. And uh, Jesus said, he said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way. You want to know the way today? The way to the Father? You want to know the way to eternal life? It's through Jesus Christ. And He paid the price freely. He gave Himself and all. We receive that because it's grace. We can't earn it. But Jesus gave His life willingly. The Bible says that no man takes His life. Jesus said that. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down voluntarily. And I'll raise it and pick it back up again. Jesus today may be knocking at your heart's door. And He's saying today, you're wondering, you've heard a lot of stories about different gods, 
Maybe your God is your work. Maybe your God is your entertainment. Maybe your God is your boat. Maybe is God is your recreation. Whatever your God may be today, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. No one. Absolutely no one. And you hear all these other religions, you have these questions about, what about all these other religions and all that? And we can talk about that some also. But I want to declare to you today, the Word of God is true. Jesus Christ, He walked on this earth. He was, obviously, He walked on this earth and He went to Calvary and He died for your sins and my sins. He took your sins and my sins on Him. The point of the matter is, is whether or not we'll believe it and we'll receive it. Thomas was struggling. And he said, unless I put my hands into nail scars, unless I do this, then I'm not going to believe it. But Thomas did. Remember, Jesus was so tender with him and compassionate that he allowed Thomas to come and, and to do that exact same thing. Again, when you're hurt, disappointed, you know, it's hard to believe anything. It's hard to believe these things. But yet, instead of condemning Thomas, what did he do? He showed him. I've prayed with a lot of people over uh, when I was working with hospice over the years. To uh, People were dying. They needed to know about Jesus if they did not before they died. And they need to be encouraged in their faith. And, and I would ask, and they, they'd ask me, how do I know this? And I would always say this. I'll say, if you have a heart to ask God, ask God to show Himself to you, to reveal Himself to you. I believe God is faithful in one way or another to show you if you're willing to listen and you have an open heart towards, towards this that you believe you want. You don't know for sure. But when you ask God, I believe God's faithful and just will do that because He wishes none to perish but all to come to everlasting life. His heart is love for souls. He loves you. He loves me. But because of who He is, a holy God, we obviously, Jesus took care of our sins at Calvary. There had to be the, uh, the precious Lamb of God to shed His blood for you and for me. It had to be done. All the theological explanations and all, you talk about it. But let me tell you, I believe some of you today that something's stirring in your heart. I believe that maybe something is happening in your life. You're saying, I'm not, I don't understand this, but I want to know Jesus. And so today, I offer that. That invitation is being offered to you to ask Jesus to come into your life. You see, the wonderful thing is, is that Thomas, he put his hands there and he looked and he actually did exactly what he said he, had, he needed to do before he would believe and all. But yet, there, still, there was some still unbelief that was in his heart there. And what did Jesus tell him? He finally said, stop doubting and believe. And today, maybe God has called you to do something. Maybe God has called you to do something that you know that it's out of your personality range, as it may be said. Maybe, maybe you're, you've been called to do something and it's challenging to you. And you're not sure how to do it and so forth. I want to tell you today, stop doubting and believe God. Stop doubting God. God is raising up an army. God is raising up people today to proclaim His message to the world today. Because this is the life-giving message, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I want to tell you, stop doubting and believe Him, no matter what it is. So, Thomas, he believed. And remember what he said when he believed? 
He said, my Lord and my God. And he surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He stopped doubting and he believed. I want to just encourage, stop doubting today. Stop doubting what God has told you. You think God's called you. And maybe you have received the promise from Him years ago. Maybe God has spoken something. Maybe God has told you that your family would be saved. And everything in you, it looks like they're going the opposite way. Stop doubting and believe and pray. And keep trusting God. He loves them a whole lot more than you do. He loves people. But yet sometimes, and I I don't minimize that because we love our family, we love our friends, we love our communities, we love this country, that we have more freedom in this country than than many, obviously, all the other countries throughout the world. I love this, but I want to tell you today, keep praying, don't give up. Stop doubting and believe, trust that the Lord is going to fulfill a great and mighty miracle in your life. That's what He's telling you and me. Thomas said, my Lord... And my God, you see, the doubter became a worshiper. You know, when God touches you like that, you go, wow, now I know. Now I've received. But it takes that act of faith. You've got to step out. You've got to believe that God is who He says He is. And the Bible says, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. See, because faith is what it's about. And every man has been given a measure of faith according to the book of Romans. And He says, step out in faith and and believe Him here. Thomas is declaring Jesus to be his God here. And then Jesus gives Thomas one word of instruction. Listen to this. Because you have seen me, you have believed. And blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they have believed. How can we believe if we've not seen the resurrected Christ the way Thomas did? And John gives us the answer in verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. You've heard about Him? We have Christmas time and we people around the world, you know, talk about Jesus and all. Sometimes it's more about Santa Claus and the gifts and everything else than Jesus. But every now and then people begin to say, hey, we're celebrating December the 25th, because this is Jesus' birthday. Now, I know in reality it wasn't that day, but that's the day that's been placed apart for us to say thank you, Lord. We can thank the Lord for Jesus every day. But maybe you've heard about Him. Maybe in your heart you've stirred, and, and you've maybe seen some people witness to you in a way that really would model the Lord Jesus Christ there, that allowed Jesus to live their life through them. And maybe, maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've seen, maybe in your life, you look back over your life and you say how God has saved you from an accident, or maybe He provided for you. And you said, you looked around and you go, well, maybe there is a God and so forth. Yes, there is. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Is His name. The thing He's looking for you and for me to do today is to surrender to Him. To believe Him. You see, God has performed miracles in my life all all my life. I always ask Him, open my eyes to what you're doing around me, Lord. And you see, the reality is He's always working. If you'll get a glimpse and be aware that He is with you and that He's doing great and mighty things for you and in you, you see, He wants us to recognize he wants us to believe and stop that doubting. So if Jesus is Lord of your, of your life, I'll ask you that question. Is He Lord? Is He 
some type of a religious figure that you followed. Maybe you were raised in the church and maybe that, you know, you, you felt like you, you haven't gotten away from it. And, and yet there are things that are happening. And maybe God is quickening your heart to say, we need to return to Jesus, the God of our childhood. That may be you today. And ask Him to come in your life and be your Lord and Savior. So how do you do that? You bow your heart and you ask Him. Much of what happens in the kingdom of God comes by asking, seeking, and knocking, by coming before Him. It doesn't mean that fireworks will go off. It doesn't mean that something spectacular, but something will happen inside your life. You begin to see some changes. You'll begin to see things that you, you want to do that you didn't think you wanted to do. And they'll be good things. They'll be helping other people. They'll be praying for other people. A new desires will be placed in your heart when you ask Him to come in your life and you're saved and you're born again. But Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Have you done that? You can confess Him. The Bible said no one that can confess Jesus as Lord but by the Spirit of God. God's working in your heart today. I want to encourage you. I just know people watching this today that need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. And they need to take that step out in faith. They're not in a church house. They're not somewhere where they can walk down an altar. But they can bow your heads right where you are and ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. You don't want to sort of mamby-pamby around it anymore. You want to know that you know that Jesus is Lord of your life. Stop doubting and believe. That's what Jesus told Thomas at that time. Jesus Christ is Lord. He rules and reigns. One day we'll stand before Him. One day we will see Him as He is. Our eyes will be. You see, time is fleeting. You don't know what the future holds, neither do I. But I do know one thing. I know where I'm going when I die. I know while going to the presence of the Lord. I know I'm forgiven of my sins. Not because of what I have done. Even as a preacher. Being a preacher doesn't save me. I come the same way you do. The ground at, at the cross is all level. We all come the same way. We walk and we ask Jesus to come in our life. If that's you today, I just want to bow and pray for you today as we close this time together. I want to thank each one of you for watching this today on uh, your way of live streaming on our website or YouTube, or uh, that you uh, would be blessed by it, I pray. Stop doubting. Remember the three messages there <laughs> that Jesus gave us. He said, peace be with you. And they said, then he said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Share your faith with other people. And then he, the last is stop doubting and believe. Believe God for great things. Our God is a big God. Our God is far bigger than what we've ever, ever experienced. And I pray that you would have an encounter with Him. And when God wants to, that your life will be changed. And that you'll never be the same forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this time together. We thank You for Your Word, Your truth. Thank You for the time of worship there as uh, Carrie and her band, her, her worship team led us earlier. Help us to know you are with us right now. God is for us. God is for us. And He is with us. He is with us. I pray, Father, hearts all over this land would be changed. That we would surrender in a fresh surrender, a fresh consecration, setting our lives apart for you and you alone 
that really, at that point, the real meaning of life will, will certainly be known by each one of us. And I pray today that you would heal us and deliver us. And I pray again, Father, against this virus in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you would stop it and that you would heal those that are sick and protect those in harm's way. And all of us, dear Lord, are in harm's way. That you would protect us. And Father, today, put people back to work. Allow people to go back to work. And, and dear Lord, today, to be able to feed their families, dear Lord, today. I right now come against the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. I stand against, take authority over the spirit of fear in people's lives that may be watching this in Jesus' name. The fear of the unknown. Maybe just in the pit of their stomach they have a, a gnawing sensation that something's going to happen. And, and dear Lord, they're scared to death. I take authority over that spirit of fear in Jesus' name and command you to leave. And dear God, today I ask you that you would do a mighty work. Those who have listened and also, Lord, today those who will and also even beyond, Lord, what is being spoken over this live streaming today, that it would flow over into this community and beyond all over this country. The Word of God would be proclaimed and Jesus Christ would be exalted above all the earth. May He be proclaimed Lord of lords and King of kings. It's in His precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Call us or, or email us if we can do anything in prayers and so forth. Uh, we want to bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day. Amen.